0: Hello, 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 and welcome back to Coffee and Crime. I am your host, Jack, and welcome back to the podcast. So, today's coffee is a very badly made ice white mocha. My made, and those of me, forgot to store the fucking, store the mocha around, the, the white mocha, to, like, you know, be fucking, like, blended in with all the thing. <coughs> so, very badly made. I mean, coffee tastes a bit weird. It tastes like I, I think I brought the espresso. But I'm, I need coffee. I did go no sleep till like what? 4 o'clock last night. And I'm filming this at uh, quarter past 9. Not quarter past nine, twenty five 25 to 10. So, yeah. Didn't go to sleep till early last night. So, so we're going to have to put up with today. Well, yeah. But, so... Last week, I know I said we were going to be doing the Lars Mittank case. But, I ended up deciding against it. And I was going to do a different case. But then, I um what I call it. I love not doing enough research on that. So, I'm putting that case off. And now I'm going to do this one because I know a lot about this case. This is... As you can probably tell by the title The story of Well today's case we are going to be talking about The murder of Jamie Bulger So yeah if I keep going in and out of audio Like loud audio that's because I'm trying to adjust, like, adjust me thing Because I had my vocal mic hooked up to this My old mic that I use when I'm recording songs and shit So But, right, so, yeah, today we're going to be talking about the story of Jamie Boulder. This is a case that I did, I was very hesitant on doing, just because of the nature of the the case, like it's such a sad case. So, yeah, let's get into it. But before we get started, I just want to put a little disclaimer that I don't mean any disrespect to anyone I talk about in this case. This is just... Information that I've put into one podcast, um, that I've collected and gathered, and so, yeah, no disrespect to anybody in this case. I also want to put a little bit of a trigger warning. That, um, does talk about the more about uh a murder of a child, um, with very graphic details, um, and kidnapping and possible sexual assault so if that's anything you don't don't want to listen to um, just click off there'll be more cases in the future that might be sued towards you so look after yourself but now go grab your coffee and listen to the fucking crime James Patrick Bulger was born on the 16th of March 1992 parents Denise and Ralph Bulger and he was two years old at the time of the murder. So yeah, really sad. But Jamie was a happy child. He was always real outgoing. As I said, he was only two. So it like, it's just, this is just a really sad case. But John, the two murderers in this case are John Venables and Robert Thompson. They were ten at the time of the murder, and um, and at first glance, you'd think that they were normal kids, but they weren't. Um, They just seemed like ordinary ten-year-olds, but um, it's just the the, like brutality of this crime. Just it's just horrible how they can do all this to a fucking two-year-old. Like control yourself, Jack. Um calm down. They had a rough upbringing. Like I'm not gonna like show her it and just say that they didn't but they did. Um Robert was the fifth of seven kids and he uh he was born on the twenty third of August, um, in Liverpool. His father actually abandoned them, so it's like that didn't help with his mom's depression. And then it ended up torn, had torn. It torn. She ended up torn into alcohol, and even went to t- attempt suicide, and then John, he was born um, ten days before Robert, um, and like Robert, John's parents were separated. Even though, um, John's, John's dad was still in the picture. His mom was let, no, let was known to be quote harsh towards the young boy. She also accused of being a loose woman who was often seen with several different men. So, we, like, I'm not trying to justify their actions, but I'm just saying they were troubled kids from the start with all of that happening. I'm not saying that, like, justifies murdering a fucking two-year-old, but... so I keep messing with this fucking mic stand. But on the 12th of February, 1993, John and Robert both decided to skip school that day. And they were known for skipping school. They'd skip school a lot, and they'd go into like the the shopping center, and they'd be really petty thieves. Like they'd steal. Like, they'd just rob stuff from shops and just fuck them down the escalators. Like really petty, really petty criminals, basically. But then, sadly, on that day, they took their crimes. To an absolutely horrible, horrible new level. So torn too. I like I knew this, um, but I don't know if many people do know this. But Jamie wasn't actually the first child that they targeted that day. They didn't actually initially plan on taking Jamie. They uh, they tried to lure two twins away from their mother, but the ma ended up catching them and was just like. They ended up running off. Um and then they spotted uh, Jamie in the butchers they grabbed him. And even though his ma Denise was holding his hand, she just she literally let his hand out just a two for few seconds so she could pay for our shopping. And then oh, and then to look down and see that our child is gone it's just it's horrible to think about and Denise has actually said quote I shouldn't have let go of his hand Um, that was my biggest mistake of my life I shouldn't have let go I just think it's so sad and I'm like struggling to do this case because I have a 9 month old nephew and like to think of something like that happening to him is fucking terrifying so if I get, like, really awkward in tr- trying to explain the stuff, that's why. Um, but I'm going to try to let that go. And I think about that. But they actually were caught on the CCTV. Walking outside at 3.42pm. And by that point, Denise already alerted the security and made, who made several announcements to shoppers about the missing child. But at 4:15 p.m., quarter past four, there was no sign of Jamie, and so he was quickly reported missing to the police. Denise, and then our and then I then husband Ralph, were well, we'll worried sick. Meanwhile, Robert and John had brought Jamie far away from the shopping center, towards another town, and then many people on the street believed that the three boys were siblings. Others were more went so like weren't so believing is that the word I'm looking for. We not so certain that they were siblings. Um because t- John and Robert were being very aggressive towards Jamie. So like they like were so vicious that they like playing on that and they were like, Oh no that's just a little brother. He's being bald and needs to go home. But no, they were literally after just kidnapping a child. And like I I I remember reading this somewhere, and I don't know if I'm getting me me wires crossed, but um I remember reading two things. One that uh, <clears throat> his head was bleeding, like he was after falling over, and then they like, or they could have hit him with something, or he was crying. Obviously, a two-year-old child would be because of the after have have being taken away from their ma. but like. I don't know, so I don't know if if that's, like, if I'm getting my wires mixed up, if I'm, like, thinking, I don't know, but, they, there's actually, I'm going to play this little clip for you now, there's a document, not a documentary, there's a short film called Detainment, about this case, and I'm going to play a little clip from it now in a second, and this is, um them ex- like explaining big stuff to some to someone who can walk by so yeah, I'm going to play this clip for you now We just found him, he was lost in the Strand We're bringing him to the police station now If you found him by the Strand, why didn't you bring him to the police station by the Strand? We were bringing him to Walton Lane Police Station You've come an awfully long way from the Strand to Walton Lane Police Station. Well, that's where the man directed us. Where do you live? Uh, The police station is on the way home. Are you all right? We'll bring him to the police station. (laughs) Do you mind looking after my little girl whilst I take him to the station? Oh, my dog doesn't like children. He's afraid of them. Sorry... Okay boys, do you know which way you're going? Yeah, we know. Are you sure you know the way? We're we miss us. So I do know that they did tell some people that it was their brother. But then obviously as we heard just there, they told them that they just found them in the, str- in the strand. But it's mad to think that if that woman, that old woman didn't have a dog with her. Then Jamie Bulger wouldn't have been killed. Because they would have had to bring him to the police station. They wouldn't have been able to kill him. If that woman had gotten her daughter or looked after. Like if that woman's dog wasn't afraid of kids. And that woman had a rent with them. Jamie would be a, would be still alive. And I wouldn't be making this podcast about him. Like it's just. It's mad to think that. There's so much stuff that could have. It's. it's but the way I look at it is, in all aspects of life, but also in in true crime, it's always could've, would've, should've. Could've, would've, should've. Like, that's all, everything that happens in anything in true crime is always could've, would've, should've. It can never be, like, it's just, it's, there's so much, there's so many ways to, these things can be prevented. But then, it's just, you know, it's, it's really sad to think about but I'm getting off course now so let's get back to my notes Um, so um, sorry I'm reading there's notes there's next notes for, like the other notes I was reading was from like I have them all labelled like articles Wikipedia f- stuff just because Wikipedia gives me a good like even though I know it's not li- really liab- reliable because anyone can get on and change the stuff on it I still, I still like to read, get like do a bit of research from there, but um. So the boys took uh, Jamie to the Leeds and Liverpool Canal, which is around four hundred meters. So that's a quarter of a mile from the Strand Shopping Centre, where they dropped him on his head, and he suffered injuries to his face, and Jamie, not Jamie, John and Robert actually joked about pushing jamie into the canal an eyewitness said that he saw uh, jamie at the canal the boy was quote crying his eyes to the boys went on a two and a half mile so four four kilometer walk across liverpool they were seen by around 38 people but most bystanders did not intervene two people uh, challenged john and robert but the either claimed that Jamie was their brother or that he was lost and that they were taken to the police station. At one point, the boys took Jamie into a pet shop from which they were ejected. So, probably, like, thrown out. But, eventually, they arrived in Walton. um, And they, they were across the road from Walton Lane Police Station, as they said in the clip that they were trying to go there. And they hesitated... Just handing them in being the like, "There, look, there's a child," but now these two fucking sick bastards. Did not do that. So now is here where now here is where it's going to get kind of graphic because there's yeah, it's details about how they murdered them. So if that's gonna trigger some people, click off now. I'm giving you a trigger warning, but if you just don't want to listen to that, then. Don't don't listen to it because it is quite graphic. I wish I could I didn't have to, but you know what? But it's my podcast. Uh, and yeah. So yeah, let's Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna read this out just now. Oh, sorry, i me on. I need a sip of coffee. I'm tired. Um Right. I've had a sip of coffee, composed myself and now. Let's read, read this thing. I need to get this, the right volume setting for me, Mike, because this is just not being. this just not working to find a good setting. Like, I'm not peeking or anything. You know, I'm getting distracted again. I'm getting distracted, and I can't get distracted because I need to do this part. I need to read this. I need to do this. So, they led Jamie up to a railway track, and near near the old Walton and uh, Anfield railway station which I don't know if it was abandoned I think, I don't know if it was at that time but um, that's close to Walton Park Cemetery one of the buyers, we don't know who threw blue paint in Jamie's left eye that they'd actually robbed from the shop from uh, the Strand shopping centre earlier on but I didn't put that into my notes because I didn't think that was really important. to Say what the robbers said. But um, they kicked them, stamped on them, threw bricks and stones at them, and they placed batteries into Jamie's note. And this part, it's believed that. They actually stuck batteries inside of Jamie's, inside of him, which is stomach-turning and absolutely disgusting. How could anybody be so cruel to do that? Like, oh, I need to. I just need to pause for like five minutes to compose myself. I tell you, I have watched a lot of true crime, stuff that should have affected me worse and, and I should be desensitised to all this but I'm really not and like it's just because I felt I need to sneeze. sorry hold on just nose don't come out oh no but now you can see why I will not do oh, oh my god why am, I so yo- why am I yawning so much now you can see why I will not do kids cases because like this, and I thought it was gonna be grand down this case. I thought I won't be bad. I'm like I'm used to hearing about the case now, but like actually like talking about it all of this, If you had have asked me two years ago to do a, 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 like a true crime case on. A child I probably would have because I didn't have a nephew then but now I'm like thinking about him while I'm reading this and it's just it's fucking horrible to think about like what they must be got what like and the fact he was so young and he had to deal with, with all of that like oh I just need to I'm gonna stop I'm gonna stop oh my god oh my god I can't stop yelling. I'm just I'm gonna stop rambling on and I'm just going to go back to talk We're just going to give myself two minutes and then I'm going to go back to talk about this case right, I've had a cup of coffee, I've composed myself now so let's move on so I said that it was believed that they put batteries inside us, up like inside of them but none were actually found here so thank god but he was to say that they didn't? But then John and Robert dropped a 10kg, so that's 22 pounds, railway fish play on Jamie. He sustained a 10 skull fracture as a result of the bar striking his head. And pathologist Alan Williams stated that Jamie suffered so many injuries, 42 in total, that none could be identified as the fatal blow just absolutely horrible Um, Robert and John then took Jamie and lay him across the railway tracks and weighed his head down weighted his head down with rubble hoping that a train would hit him and his death would be rolled as an accident after they left the same exactly that had happened Jamie was hit by a train. Um, And his severed body was discovered by a group of kids two days later. A forensic pathologist testified that Jamie died before he was struck by the train. And his body. The one of the bo- one of the people who found his body only died recently, and that like really messed him up. Um, like he was so fucked up. Like later on in life, like he was always in and out of prison, on drugs, drinking. So yeah, it's it's like that. Really did obviously would have had an, a mental effect on him, and he was only a kid. Now it gets a little bit more graphic and hard to read. So I'm gonna see if I can read this without like. So I don't what's up open me like. Why am I getting so like like so affected by this? Normally I could listen to I li- could listen to this case. All day, but actually talking about it and putting it into a podcast is just hard for me. I don't know why. But police suspected that John and uh, Robert sexually assaulted Jamie because his shoes, socks, trousers, and underpants had been removed. The pathologist's report, which was read out in court, found that Jamie's foreskin had been forcibly pulled back. When Jamie, no, when uh, John and Robert were questioned with this aspect of the attack by detectives and the child psychiatrist Eileen visited the pair were um, reluctant to give details. And when John was actually let out on parole, a psychiatrist Susan Bailey reported that, quote, visiting and revisiting the issue with John as a child and now as an adolescent, he gives no account of any sexual element to the offence. But how they were actually caught was that um there's my notes now. Um the police found the the low resolution CCTV footage of Jamie being taken from the strand shopping centre but they couldn't identify the two the two boys in it because it was so grainy. And then the railway embankment which his body was discovered was soon adorned couldn't find any word to put that normally but hundreds of bunches of flowers the family of one boy who was detained for question but released subsequently released had to flee the city boards why do why are there always fucking seagulls out when I'm trying to record a podcast play as fuck off anyway sorry um, he had to flee the city due to threats from from everyone. The breakthrough came when a woman, uh, who saw the slightly enhanced images of the two boys on the t- on the TV, t- TV. What my I'm just like I copied and pasted this section here. Recognized um John and remembered seeing him like skipping skill with Robert in. In and around Bootle that day, she contacted the police, and the boys were arrested. So um, now this next part is copied and pasted as well, but I'm gonna tr- if I st- I'm trying gonna try like put it into my own words as I'm reading it. The fact that the suspects are so young came at, uh why am I starting right now? Where so young came as a shock to investigating officers, headed by Detectives Superintendent Albert Kirby of Merseyside Police, early press reports and police statements had referred to Jamie being seen with quote two youths, suggesting that the killers were teenagers for the ages of the boys being difficult to uh, ascertain from the images captured by CCTV. Forensic tests confirmed that both boys had the same blue paint on their clothing as found on Jamie's body. Both had blood on their shoes. The blood was to- uh, on Thompson's shoe was matched with Jamie's through DNA tests. A, uh, a pattern of bruising on Jamie's right cheek matched with the features of the upper part of the shoe worn by Thompson. A part of the shoe in the toe cap of one of uh, John's shoes indicated that he must have used Quote, some force when he kicked Bulger Thompson has said John Robert I keep because at least it just Thompson here Robert is said to have asked the police whether Jamie had been taken to hospital to quote get him alive again it just proves to you like how young they boys actually were that like they didn't think about it like and like well not they didn't think about it they actually uh, it was, like, it's just like kiddie language that they used there But, something I actually forgot to mention at the start, is that, that day, they planned to take a child and push him into the traffic. So that was their original plan. Whether that was to kill the child on purpose, having haven't a clue. But, you know. Yeah. So, where was I? It's a couple of hours later, I have to go. But, um, I'm trying to find, uh, oh yeah. The boys were both were each charged with the murder of Jamie Bulger on the 20th of February 1993 and appeared at South Sefton Youth Court on the 22nd of February 1993 where they were remanded in custody and to await trial. In the aftermath of the arrest and throughout the media accounts of the trial the boys were referred to as Child A, uh, Robert and Child B, John. Awaiting trial they had they were held in secure units in where they would be eventually sentenced and detained at our majesty's pleasure now we're going to get into details about the trial so it's a bit of a long bit of a long ray trail about the trial so get your popcorn or in this case your coffee and sit back So up to 500 protesters gathered at the magistrate's court in the metropolitan borough of Seston driven the his initial court appearances the parents of the Akeos were moved to different parts of the country and are given new identities following death threats from the Gelantes. that's not my words that's just what I have copied and pasted because I was too lazy but also it was getting too like I just didn't have time to paraphrase it And put it all into my own words, so I just copied and pasted this whole section. So, the full trial opened at Session House Preston on November 4th, 1993, conducted as an adult trial with the accused in the dock away from their parents, and the Georgian court officials in legal regalia. The boys denied the charges of murder abduction and attempted abduction. The attempted abduction charge was related to an incident in the Strand Shopping Centre earlier on, on the 12th of February 1993, the day of Jamie's death. Uh, John and Robert, oh I need to sneeze. Oh my god, I need to sneeze. Oh my god, sorry. Um. Tom, J- Robert, and John had attempted to lead away another two-year-old boy, but had been prevented by the boy's mother, as we said earlier on. Each boy sat in view of the court on raised chairs so they could see out of the dock designed for adults, and were accompanied by two social workers and guards. Although they were separated from their parents, they were in within touching distance when their families attended the trial. No stories reported the demeanour of the defendants. These aspects were later criticised by the European Court of Human Rights, which ruled in 1999 that they had not received a fair trial by being tried in public ad- in an adult court. At the trial, delayed prosecution counsel Richard Henriks successfully reported the principle of the Dal Inca which presumes that young children cannot be held legally responsible for their actions. Now, like I remember reading it, I can't even get this thing, because I can't even get, look it up because me internet is not connected to the house down here, but in England, I think, let me just double check this on my phone, two seconds, in England, um, how old can you be charged with murder? UK so I remember saying someone say at 11 you can I don't remember where I read that but Uh. yeah I can't remember where I read that but you know what doesn't matter Um. but yeah I remember reading something that like it, it can be tried at 11 so but uh, John and Robert were considered by the court to be capable of, quote, mysterious discretion, meaning inability to act with criminal intent, and they were mature enough to understand that what they were doing was something seriously wrong. A child psychiatrist, island Bizzard, who interviewed uh, Robert before the trial, was, was asked in court whether he would know the difference between right and wrong, that it was wrong to take a young child away from his mother and it was wrong to cause injury to a child. Visitor replied, "If the I- quote, if the issue was on the balance of probabilities, I think I can answer with certainty. Eileen also said that Robert was suffering from PTSD after the attack on Jamie. Susan Bailey, the homes, the home office forensic psychiatrist who interviewed available said unequiv- unequivocally that he knew the difference between right and wrong. Now, remember what I said earlier on, keep the two of them in their minds. Obviously, they are in their minds because they're the two murderers but keep specifically John John Venables in your mind right so just just keep that in your mind again Um, that's just more proof to like that towards what I, what I will tell you eventually Um, Robert and John did not speak during the trial and the case against them was based on to a large extent of more than 20 hours of tape recorder police interviews with the with the boys, which were played back in court, Thompson was considered to have taken the leading role in the um, in the abduction process. Though it was John who had initially entailed the idea of taking Jamie to the to the railway line. John later described how ja- how Jamie seemed to like him, holding his hand and allowing him to pick him up on the mm, mm, I can't even pronounce that word. Mandarin Mandarin journey to the scene of the murder. Lawrence Lee, who was the solicitor of John, during the trial later said that Robert was one of the most frightening children he had seen, and he also compared him to Pied Piper. Um, After his appearance in court, John would strip off his clothes, saying, quote, I can smell James like a baby smell. The prosecution admitted a number of... uh, Exhibits during the trial including a box of twenty of a box twenty seven bricks, a blood zence down, Jamie's underpants, and the rusty iron bar described as a railway fish play The pathologist spent two to three minutes outlining the injuries sustained by Jamie, many adults whose legs had been inflicted after he was stripped from the waist down, brain damage was extensive and included a hemorrhage. Like what the fuck? The bias by Dan age 11 were found guilty on Jamie's murder at the Preston Court on the 24th of November 1993, becoming the youngest convicted murderers of the 20th century. The judge, Mr. Justice Marland, told Robert and John that they had committed a crime of, quote, unparalleled evil and barbarity. In my judgment, your your conduct was both cunning and very wicked, and then Morlin sentenced them to be detained at her Majesty's pleasure with a recommendation that they should be kept in custody for co very, very many years to come. Recommending a minimum term of eight years at the close of the trial, the judge lifted reporting restrictions and allowed the names of killers to be released, saying, Quote, I did I did this because the public interest overall the interest of the defendants. There was a need for the informed public debate on crimes committed by young children. Uh, David Almond later criticised this decision and outlined the difficulties in creating it in his 2010 review of the probation services handling of the case. Now, we're up to... They're in prison. All that. And... Let's read out a bit. Now I'm going to read through more of the Wikipedia stuff. So, we're going to read... I'm just going to read this here, I'll copy and paste it again because lazy but post trial, detention and then we're going to get on to the life of John Venables because he has a very interesting life after all of this so shortly after the trial and after the judge had recommended a minimum sentence of 8 years, Lord Taylor of Gosford, the Lord Chief Justice, recommended that the two boys should serve a minimum of 10 years, which, would be made, which made them eligible for release in February 2003 at the age of 20. The uh, editors of The Sun handed a petition bearing that nearly 280,000 signatures to Michael Howard, the Home Secretary, in a bid to increase the time spent by both boys in custody. This campaign was successful and Howard announced in July 1994 that the boys would be kept in custody for a minimum of 15 years, meaning that they would not be considered for release until February 2008, by which time they would be 25 years old. Lord Donaldson criticised Howard's intervention, describing the the increased tariff as, quote, institutionalised vengeance by a politician playing to the gallery. The increased minimum term was overturned in 1997 by the House of Lords as ruled it, quote, unlawful for the Home Secretary to decide on a minimum sentence for young offenders. The High Court of Justice and European Court of Human Rights have since ruled that although the Parliament may set minimum and maximum terms for uh, individual categories of crime is responsibility of the trial judge with the benefit of the evidence and argument both prosecution and the defence counsel to determine the minimum term in, in individual criminal cases. Tony Blair, then Shadow Home Secretary, gave a speech in during what, which he said, quote, We hear Client, Crimes. We hear of crimes so horrific they provoke anger and anger and disbelief in equal proportions. These are ugly manifestations of a society that is becoming less worthy of that name. Prime Minister John Mayer said that quote, society needs to condemn a little more and understand a little less. The trial judge, Mr. Ju- Justice Morland, said that exposure to violent videos may encourage the actions of, Thom- of Thomas Thompson and Venables. This was disputed by David McLean, that the Minister of State of Home at the time, that the police now, no evidence linking the video, to, linking the case with, to, with video nasties. Some British tabloid newspapers claimed the attack on Jamie was inspired by the film *Charles Play Tree* and campaigned for the world on video nasties. Quote: Video nasties to be tightened. During the police investigation, it emerged that *Charles Play Tree* was one of the f- films that. Uh, John's father had rented in the month prior to the killing, but it was not established that John had ever watched it. One scene in the, show, in the film shows that, that that Chucky being splashed with blue paint during a, a, a paintball game. A Merseyside detective said, quote, "We went through something like 200 titles rented by the Venables family. There was there were some I you wouldn't." There were some you or I wouldn't want to see but nothing, no saying a plot or a dialogue where you could put your finger on the phrase button and say that it influenced the boy to go out and commit murder. Inspector Ray Simpson of the Merseyside police commented, police police commented quote, if you're going to link this murder to a film, you might as well link it to the railway children. The Criminal Justice and Public Order Act 1994 clarified the rules of availability on certain types of video material to children. Now we're going to talk about, um." Then being locked up, their release, and then we'll talk about the life of John Venables after all of this because this is in- interesting to say the least. So after the trial, John, not John, Robert was held at the Barton Must Secure Center in Manchester, and John was detained in Variety House, a small eight-bedded unit in. A unit at Red Bank Secure Unit in Saint Helens and Merseyside. These locations were not publicly known until after the boy's release. Details of the boy's life were recorded twice daily on running sheets and signed by the member of the staff who had written them. The records were stored at, at the units and copied officials in Whitehall. The boys were taught to conceal their real names and the crime they had committed, which resulted in their being units. The Annabelle's parents uh, regularly visit their son at Red Bank Justice. As Robert's mother did every three days at Barton moss, the boys received education and rehabilitation despite initial problems. Jo- Robert was said to have eventually made good progress at Red Bank, resulting in him being there for a full eight years, despite the only facility, despite the facility only being a short stay. unit. both boys were reported to suffer PTSD, and Ben and John, in particular, told of to experienced nightmares and flashbacks of the murder. Now, their release. Um, in 1999, lawyers Fred Thompson and Venables were appealed in the European Court of Human Rights that the boy's trial had not, had not been impartial since they were too young to follow proceedings and understand an adult court. The court dismissed their claims that the trial was inhumane and degrading treatment, but upheld their claim that they were denied a fair trial by the nature of the court proceedings. The court also held that the Home Secretary's intervention, which... Led a highly charged atmosphere, which resulted in an unfair judgment. On March fifteenth, nineteen ninety nine, the court in Strasbourg ruled by fourteen votes to five that there had been a violation of Article six of the European Convention on Human Rights regarding fairness of the trial. Robert and John stated, "Quote the public, pro- the public trial process is in, in an adult court must be regarded in the case of an eleven year old child as a severely intimidating procedure." So now. Um, I wait a little bit more. I'm not going to wait too much. Well, just read the rest of it. In September 1999, uh, Jamie's parents appealed to the European Court of Human Rights, but failed to, pre- to persuade the court that a victim of the crime has the right to be involved in determining the, the sentence of the, prepar- of the perpetrator. The European Court case led to the new Lord Chief Justice, Lord Wolf revealing that the minimum sentence the minimum sentence in october 2000 he uh recommended the tariff be reduced to 10 to 8 years adding that our majesty's young offender institute was a quote corrosive atmosphere for the ju- juveniles right now i just i want to talk about well i just i don't know to read the rest of it. no i'm, I'm going i'm gonna read the rest of it. sorry i do want to get on to john venables but i feel like this is important in June two thousand and one, after a six month review, the parole board ruled the buyers were no longer a threat to public safety and could be released as their minimum tariff had expired in February of that year. Home Secretary David Blunkett approved the decision and they were released a few weeks later on a lifelong license. After saving eight years, it was reported that the buyers were quote given but the buyers both buyers were quote were given new Id-. sorry stop belgium by given no identities and no of the secret locations under a witness protection style programme. They supported by the fabrications pass of passport, national insurance numbers, qualifications sets and medical records. Blunka added that his own conditions to their license and insisted being sent daily updates on the buyer's actions. The terms of their release which were following which includes the following, they were not allowed to contact each other or Jamie's family. They were prohibited from visiting the Merseyside region. Court deals may be imposed on them and they were most reported probation officers. If they breached the rules or were deemed a risk to the public, they could be returned to prison. An injunction was imposed on the media after the trial preventing the publications of details about uh, Thompson and Venables. The world, the worldwide injunction was kept in force following the release on parole so that new identities and new locations could not be published. In 2001, Blunker stated that the injunction was granted because there was a real and strong possibility that, that their lives would be at risk if their identities became known. Now, let's talk about John because there's a lot of stuff to do with him. He has a very... What's the word? Very controversial life after all of this um, yes, came out after he was released so just going to bring us up to date as of now as of now Denise, Jamie's ma wants John's identity to be known to public I want them to be named and to be as, and for his anonymity to be lifted because he is didn't learn from his mistakes he did not learn from that um from the from J- killing jamie he really didn't so he yeah so his anonymity is one like his parents jamie's parents want his anonymity to be lifted but they won't do that so i'm going to explain why now so in on the 2nd of march 2010 the Ministry of Justice revealed that John had been returned to prison for an unspecified unspe- violation of the terms of his uh, license of release. Um, Justice Secretary Jack Straw stated that uh, John had been returned to prison because of a, quote, extremely serious allegations and stated that he was unable to give further reasons for the, give details of the reasons for that John Venable's return to custody because it was not in the public interest to do so. And on the 7th of March, 2020, Twenty ten, It was revealed by the media that he was accused of child porn offences. In a statement to the House of Commons on the 8th of March, um, Jack Straw reiterated that it was quote, not in the interest of justice to reveal the reason why Venables had been returned to custody. Baroness Butler-Sloss said that the, the judge who made the decision to grant Venables anonymity in 2001 warned Venables could be killed if his identity was revealed. Jamie's mother, Denise, said that she was angry that the parole board did not tell her that Venables had been returned to prison and uh, called for his anonymity to be removed if he was charged with a crime. A spokesperson for the Ministry, ministry of Justice stated that there was a man... Um, state that there was a worldwide injunction against publication of either Killers' location or new identity. Venables returned to prison revived the false claim that a man from Fleetwood, Lancashire was Venables. While, they were, while the claim was reported and dismissed in 2005, it reappeared in March 2010 and it was circulated widely via SMS and Facebook SMS text messages. I just said that. But Chief Inspector uh, Tracy O'Gara of the Lancashire con- Constabulary stated, quote, An individual who was targeted four and a half years ago was not John Venables and he has now left the area. Um, On June 24th, 2010, John was charged with possession and distribution of indecent images of children. It was alleged that he downloaded 57 indecent Im- images of children over a 12-month period to February 2010, and had allowed other people to access the files through a peer-to-peer network. Venables faced two charges under the Ch- Protection of Children Act and on the 23rd of July, John appeared at a court hearing at the Old Bailey via vale video link visible to only the judge hearing the case. He pleaded guilty to charges of downloading and distributing child porn and was sentenced to two years in prison. At the court hearing it emerged that Venables had paused in an online chat group as a 35-year-old Don. Donnie Smith, a married woman from Liverpool... ...who boasted about abusing her 8-year-old daughter... ...in the hope of attaining further... ...child sexual abuse material... Um Alden known as... ...C... ...C... ...C-SAM... ...yeah, I was watching... um ...a pedophile Hunter show... ...and... ...yeah, that's just gonna... ...yeah, C-SAM... ...but quickly, before we get on to the next part... ...I just want to put another trigger warning... um ...because this next part... Uh, talks about sexual assault of a child and I forgot to put it in the initial trigger one so I just wanted to put a second one here just so people know and if you're triggered by this just please look after yourself and click off this podcast now like look after yourself and I'm sure there'll be plenty more podcasts in the future for you to enjoy but look after yourself but then John actually contacted his probation officer, um, in February two thousand ten, fearing that his new identity was compromised at where the place where he worked. When the officer arrived at his flat, then John was attempting to remove or destroy the hard drive of his com- of his laptop with a knife and a tin opener. The officer's suspicions were aroused, and the computer was taken away for examination to to discover to lead into the discovery of CSAM, which included children as young as two being raped by adults and penetrative rape of seven or eight year olds. The judge, jo- Mr Justice David Bain, wrote... <sighs> Sorry, I cannot stop belching. Um, should be fair to paint on me. Um, where was that? Oh yeah. The judge, Mr Justice David Bain, ruled The Venables' new identity could not be revealed, but the media were allowed to report that he had been living in Cheshire at the time of his arrest. The High Court also heard that Venables had been arrested on suspicion of a fray in September 2008, following a drunken street fight with a man. Later that year, he was, caught. he was cautioned for possession of cocaine. In November 2010, he re- a review of the national probation Service handed handling the case by David Oman found that probation officers could not have been prevented, could, could not have prevented the uh, John from downloading. See Sam Harry Fletcher, the assistant general secretary of the National Association of Probation Officers, said that the only 24-hour surveillance uh, would have stopped. Venables J- J- John was eligible for parole in July 2011. On the 27th of June 2011, the Parole board said that he, he would remain in custody and that it was his parole would be considered again for at least another year. <sighs> um. On fourth of May, it was reported that John would once again be given a new identity, following what was described as a quote serious security breach, which revealed an identity he had been using before his imprisonment in two thousand ten. Details of the breach could not be reported for legal reasons. A a spokesman for the Ministry of Justice commented, quote, Such a change of identity is extremely rare and granted only when the police assess that there is a clear and credible evidence of a sustained threat to the offender's life on uh, release into the community. The incident occurred after a man from Exeter posted photographs on on a website devoted to identifying paedophiles allegedly shown Venables as an adult and revealing his name. But then also, apparently, shortly before him being released in 2001 when he was 17, John was uh, alleged to have had sex with a woman who worked at the Red Bank security Unit where he was held, and in April 2011, in the aftermath of him being locked up in 2010, these allegations were outlined in a Sunday Times magazine article when David James Smith, who had been following the, the Jamie Boulder case since the 1993 trial and again later in a BBC documentary titled John Venables: What Went Wrong, the female staff member was suspended for sexual misconduct, saying she'd never have returned to work at Red Bank. A spokesman for St Helens Borough Council denied that the incident had been covered up saying, quote, All allegations are thoroughly investigated by an independent team on the orders at the home office and chaired by Arthur de Frigeland, a retired prison governor retired prison governor. Venables had been living independently in March two thousand two. Sometime thereafter he had begun a relationship with a woman who had a five year old child. Oh Jesus. I'm just like I didn't actually read this part because I was just gonna like talk about um John from what I know from memory, but then I found this on Mickey, um so I'm just reading. it. so did not know that it is not known that John had already begun downloading C Sam at the time of dating this woman, although uh, he denies he ever met the child. And in 2005, when he was 23, his probation officer met another girlfriend of his who was aged 17. After having loads of young girlfriends, it was pretty much assumed that John was was suffering with having a delayed adolescence. Um after a period of uh, apparently reduced supervision, John began excessively drinking, taking drugs, and downloading CSAM, as well as visiting Merseyside, which was a breach of his license in two thousand and eight, and that that actually caused uproar from, like, from Denise. Denise has spoken out saying he was in. She heard rumors about him him being in Liverpool, side. She was like, That's scary. She was like, I I could have had a chat with him having a drink in my local pub. My nieces could have had a chat with him. They just don't know. And that's why they need to release his identity. Because they just, he just, they need to, so people know who was walking around them. Which is why I don't think people who are murderers that young should be given no identities because people need to know who's walking around Um, and then <coughs> which was a, uh, a new probation officer said that he spent quote a great deal of leisure time playing video games on the internet and in september that year John was arrested on suspicion of a fray following a fight outside a nightclub he claimed he was acting in self defence when and the charges, barely had dropped after he agreed to go on an AA course three months later he was found to be in possession of cocaine he was subjected to a view, and on two occasions uh, John revealed his true identity to a friend so you can see John really did not learn from his mistakes that he made as a child which I just find absolutely mental which is why I was telling you to keep John in mind because he looked... So innocent. And if you listen... I don't know if the police interviews are like public. I don't know if you can actually get them. But I know that short film that I showed you earlier on Entertainment. I know that is based off the police interviews between uh, them. And he looked so innocent. He was genuinely scared. Like, we didn't do it. We didn't do it. Like, so, like, just like choked up over. He looked like he was the one who was coerced into doing this. But and that Robert was the was the one who coerced him. But now now that he's older, he's not innocent. He's not innocent at all. And I actually just looked it up there. The police recordings actually are on YouTube so you can go and watch them. But then also you can get them in the the that short film that he was that you showed us the time. But um And then, then in 2013 he was released in November two thousand eleven. It was reported that officials decided Venables would stay in prison for the foreseeable future, as he would be likely to reveal his true identity if released. A Ministry of Justice spokesman declined to comment on the reports. On the fourth of July twenty fourteen, it was reported that the parole board for England and Wales had approved the release of Venables. On the third of September twenty fourteen, it was reported that. Vanderbilt had been released from prison. On the twenty-third of November twenty seventeen, um it was reported that John had been recalled to prison for possession of yet again, Marcy Sam. The Ministry of Justice declined to comment on the reports and on the 5th of January twenty eighteen, John was charged with unspecific offences, unspecified res- offences related to indecent images of children. On the 7th of February, John pleaded guilty to possession of indecent images of children for a second time. He pleaded guilty via video to the uh, three charges of making indecent images of children and one possession... One, and one po- of Okay, what the fuck? Sorry, why can't I speak today? And one of possessing a pedophile manual that included advice for would-be child molesters include instructions on child grooming evading detection he admitted being in possession of 392 category A, 148 category B and, and we 392 category A, 148 category B and 630 category C child porn images and he was sentenced to three years and four months in prison in September 2020, his parole was denied. He is scheduled for another parole hearing in October 2022, but it was postponed for three mu- For at least three months, March fourth, 2019, Jamie's father Ralph lost a legal challenge to lift the lifelong order protecting John's identity. Uh, no, no, uh, 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 I really can't speak today. Judge Andrew McFarland turned down the request, saying that the quote. Un- Uniquely notorious nature of the cause meant there was a strong possibility if not probability that if his identity were known, he would be pursued, resulting in grave and possibly fatal consequences Well, I mean Don't Be a prick Don't be a fucking paedophile, and you won't get fucking battered That's all I'm gonna say And then in <clears throat> in late June 2019 it was reported that the British officials had considered resettling that John in Canada, Australia and New Zealand Due to the high cost behind protecting his anonymity British authorities had reportedly spent £65,000 in legal fees to keep John's identity a secret In response to the media coverage, Prime Minister Jacin- Jacinda Ard- Ardern remarked that due to the criminal history, John would need an exemption under the New Zealand Immigration Act, and that uh he should quote not bother applying. <coughs> oh, chair just nearly broke there. So that's all I really have for us today. Um, but regarding the true, not the true, regarding the short film uh, the detainment um niece wasn't actually very happy about it because she wasn't um like she wasn't approached about it. Um there's uh, um just like a thing here mm I'll just read it out. So there's been loads of stuff that have been inspired by the Jane Bowdrack killing and all this is here. In August 2001, a stage play titled The Age of Consent by P.R. Marvus was performed in the Edinburgh Festival Fringe. French. don't know what it was there. The play featured an 18-year-old character called Timmy, who was due to be released from a security unit after luring a toddler away from his mother and beating him to death. The play generated controversy due to similarities between the characters and J- James' killers. Although she had not seen the play, Denise denounced the w- as work as, just quote, just designed to try and shock and grab publicity, and that, and, quote, anyone who had stooped so low as my son's death as a subject for comedy is sick and pathetic. In response to the controversy, Morris stated that the humour in his play was never at the expense of the various people, Miss Fergus included, who have suffered so much in the aftermath of James' murder. He commented on his work that his uh, work is empathically not a comedy, but instead instead of a ser- as a serious Marvel examination of what contemporary society is doing to children. <coughs> in June 2007, a computer game based on the television show... Why am I... I'm just... just Based on the show Law and Order, titled Law and Order Double *Made Maiden Children Tree* was withdrawn from the stores in the UK, following reports that it contained an image of Jamie. The image in question is the CCTV frame of Jamie being led by uh, John and Robert. The, the scene in the game involves a computer-generated detective pointing out the picture which is meant to represent a fictional child abduction and that the players is then asked to investigate. Jamie's family, along with many others, complained that the game is subsequently was withdrawn along with complaint and the game was subsequently withdrawn by the UK distri- distributor. GSP, the game's developer Legacy Interactive, released a statement in which uh, it apologised for the image's inclusion in the game. According to the statement, the image was used an inadvertent and took place, without, quote, took place quote, without any knowledge of the crime which according to the UK and was uh, minimally, pu- minimally publicised in the United States. In 2008, Swedish playwright Nik- Niklas Radström I I right, used the interview transcripts from his interrogations with the murder and their families to recreate the story. His play, Monsters, opened to mixed review at the Acola Theatre in London in May 2009. And in August 2009, Australia Seven Network used real footage of the abduction to promote its crime drama, City Homicide. The use of the footage was criticised by Jamie's mother and Seven apologised. On, 24th, on August 24th, co-host of Seven's breakfast show, Sunrise, asked whether the killers were now living in Australia. In an apparent tie-in with the week's episode of, C- week's episode of City Homicide, they answered the question the next day, relaying the Australian government to deny government's denial the killers had been settled in the country and then the storyline of Hollyoaks set to begin in december 2009 was cancelled after the makers gave denise a uh, jamie's Ma denise a special screen the storyline was <coughs> the storyline was to feature a lover a giant, and a friend chrissy who had been given new identities before arriving in the village after being convicted of murdering a child at the age of 12 so critical was terry Eagleton introduces book is two thousand ten book on evil, on evil with the story of the book of Jamie's murder, and then in January twenty nineteen, the short film Detainment was nominated for best live action short film at the ninety fourth Academy Awards. The film is oh, oh I, it was the, oh okay that was actually at the the Oscars so it was nominated for an Oscar the film is based on transcripts of the police interviews with Thomason, with Thompson and Venables after their arrests the nomination was criticised by Boulder's mother who was not consulted before the film's release Boulder's mother circulated a petition to have the film removed from the nominations Vincent Lamps the film director said he would not be withdrawn saying it would defeat the purpose of making the film I never actually knew that detainment movie Oscar was it actually nominated for an Oscar oh it was oh I never knew that oh anyway now I'm finished that's all I have for you guys today thanks for listening and yeah I if you want any updates not any updates if you want to suggest cases for me to do him uh, te- just DM me on Instagram it's Jack two thousand five um and I will try and get out all the cases that I guess I just done because I have a lot of cases that I want to cover so many cases that I can do but yeah so thanks for listening um and I hope you've enjoyed and I'll see you all next week bye.